0: Lord, may the words that I speak be the words that you have spoken. Amen. Amen. Over the past few decades, cultural observers started ringing the alarm at the noticeable erosion of social capital in our country. Deborah Knapp speaks to this as the breakdown of neighborhoods, family units, decline in participation in extracurricular activities volunteerism in our schools, as well as decreased numbers in some of our churches. And now we find ourselves here. Here at this place. Here in the midst of a worldwide situation that none of us alive have ever experienced before. We're being asked, and sometimes mandated, to maintain six feet of distance between us. Not to gather in groups and to stay home as much as possible. Now, while many may like the idea of being able to stay at home, others among us struggle with that. Not being able to gather in groups is often isolating for some. The human interaction for which we're wired has been disrupted. We're much like the early followers of Christ, we aren't sure what is happening. We are living in uncertainty, and we're looking for answers and explanations for things that we don't understand or can't explain. In today's gospel passage, we find another example of something that defies explanation. Jesus once again reveals who he is by giving sight to a man who is born blind. Now this happens as a result of mixing spittle with earth, And putting this mud on the man's eyes and sending him to bathe in the pool of Siloam, which means "sent." Now there are several things about this particular event that I noticed. I was struck by the fact that the blind man never sees Jesus, but Jesus sees him. And if we know anything of Christ, it's because we were first known to him. Also, the man never asked for Jesus' healing, but yet it's given. It's a gift. And after the man is healed, his neighbors struggle to decide whether this is the man they know or not. Some think it is, others do not. They clearly are not sure. So I have to wonder if their reaction doesn't demonstrate what often happens in our world today. Do we find ourselves passing by the beggars of our day because it's painful to see their misery? How often are there people among us who are never noticed, never really seen, never enough attention paid to them to know if we would recognize them later? The blind man is one of the many folks who most likely has lived his entire life in isolation. And or obscurity. So, what about the many people of today who are never noticed, but yet, as of last week, are essential to our lives? Grocery store workers, truck drivers who make sure that deliveries are made, janitors that are sanitizing our children's schools, fast food workers who continue to go to work so that we can get out of the house, even if it's just for drive through would we recognize these same people one day next week? Also, by reading this passage, it occurred to me that there are many different ways in which Jesus went about healing. In the Greco-Roman world, people believe in the medicinal use of spittle. That would not have been unusual. But the details in this case matter. Reverend Russell Smith remarks that scholars have debated for centuries what the significance in the saliva and mud were. And if Jesus could have healed this man with a word, why does he go through this elaborate process of making mud? And it can occur to me that it seems throughout Scripture that Jesus approaches each of us in a slightly different way. Some he heals with a word, some with a touch. Some have prayer, and some do not. Some people seek Jesus out, and others are sought out by him. So what we have in this reading is another instance of a unique and personal encounter with Christ. Just like the blind man in this passage has an amazing story to tell, we all have a unique and personal story of being touched by Jesus. All of us most likely have had some sort of transformative experience. We see the blind man, the blind man's experience is actually gaining his sight is immediate. But his understanding and the meaning of the event is gained over time. And I wonder if our faith works in similar ways. Some experiences are instantly clear while other truths develop over time. So during this season of Lent, this season of social distancing and isolating, can we also make this a season of introspection? Can we use this time to examine our lives and transformation in Christ? I want to invite you to write your spiritual autobiography. Now you may wonder what that is, and we're going to provide more details later on our website and through the e-news. But it's really just your unique story of your journey, written with the idea of viewing how your experiences Have shaped your relationship with God. Reverend Smith plainly states that this story is one of your greatest gifts. Because when you tell your story, you have an opportunity to gain insight that gets worked into that story in a new way. Now you may say, I don't have a dramatic story. Well, that doesn't matter. You may say, nothing exciting has ever happened to me. Again, that doesn't matter. Because your story is your story of how Christ is working inside you. And that makes it exciting. Your story is also important. Jesus approached this blind man in a unique way. And like that man, only you can share what Jesus has done and is doing in your life. The healed man in our passage is able to tell his story and serve as his own witness to how Christ touched and changed him. This looking back at our lives allows us to not only see how God has touched our lives in the past, but it assures us that he has been with us all along. He continues to walk with us in the midst of these extraordinary times. Like our ancestors in faith, While in the desert we're uncertain and afraid, we are assured we are not alone. We get to travel as children of the light. So while we cannot bathe in the pool of Siloam, we cannot be physically sent, we can be spiritually sent into the world. We may not be experiencing Jesus as we normally would. We are not in community, we are not physically exchanging his peace, and we're not able to share our common cup. But we are able to share our common values, our common beliefs, our common life in Christ with all of God's people. During this time, we need to name and acknowledge our grief and disappointment. We may not be able to be with in these times a dealing with something that transcends ethnicity, wealth, knowledge, education, and status. It proves our frail humanity in ways that we never could have imagined, but it also provides us with opportunities and possibilities to help rebuild that social capital that has been eroding for these years. So as your clergy, staff, and a few faithful volunteers work on redesigning how we do church, I invite you to reimagine how we can be church when this crisis wanes. But start now. Take this opportunity to connect or reconnect with people that you know or don't know in ways that may have been forgotten. I wrote a card to someone this week. I went to put a stamp on it, and I realized that all I had were Christmas stamps. It was a stark reminder to stop and acknowledge this simple truth. Jesus is Jesus. God is God, the Spirit is the Spirit, independent of what we do. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.